welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. It's easy to forget the joy. During the stress of everyday life, if you're a person of, of responsibility or if cares weigh you down or lots of problems, if could be a host of things, but it's easy to forget the joy of what is ours through Jesus Christ. I want to share with you uh, some things from God's Word that I believe will minister to you. This, this subject is so important. And it has ministered to me, and I happen to need that at this time. There's, we've got things going on with the building. There's, there's other things. There's, there's just, there's, there's needs. And when I say needs, there, there are opportunities for ministry. And some things are just, how many know the scripture says trouble, trouble comes uh, as the sparks fly upward. You just, if you're human, how many know you're going to have some trouble in life? That's all there is to it. There are brush fires. There's no such thing as having just a a path strewn with roses. The Scripture tells us this, that God made us for joy. That Zephaniah 3.17 tells us this, that even God, He joys over us. He exalts over His people with great joy. The kingdom of God, Paul wrote, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so if the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, and if you and I are not experiencing that joy or that peace or sense of righteousness, we need to be intentional because to be in the kingdom of God and not have that in our lives it, it really is like being a citizen of the United States and not taking advantage of all the blessings that are ours. Nehemiah said when they were building the wall, he reminded them, the people of Israel, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. He said, don't weep or grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10. Acts 13 and 52, the early church, and it says, And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And I want to share with you today about finding the joy and what God has done for us. But don't allow the joy killers to steal your joy. Joy killers or Debbie Downers or how many know what I'm talking about? The joy killers. Yeah, the per, you know the person at the red light. And if you're like us, on Route 24 by the festival, they still can't regulate that thing. And you never know in that busy, the most busy place in the county other than I-95, certain times during rush hour, that light will turn so quick and only three cars can get through. Now you tell me what that's about. And I've called them so many times. Thank you, sir. We'll take care of it. 
Next time I call, I want to say, why you lying so-and-so, you know? <laughs> What's your name? Oh, I'm Pastor Paul Dross, the grace of <laughs> But the joy killers. I'd encourage you, if you can, end your day with something that builds your joy rather than with people or things that suck the joy out of you. There's three things I want to share with you. One is that it is a good news of a great joy for all the people, all people. The second thing is that the gift of salvation unwraps a great joy. Think of, think of the box when you unwrap it and what's in there. And the third, though, is to seek, find, worship, and rejoice because finding the joy is a two-way street. God has done great things for us, but he asks us to do some things, and that is to be intentional about finding the joy. Luke chapter 2, verses, uh, we're, we're going to read 8, 8 through 10. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. This is 400 years. They not had a word from God, a, a word, a word with a prophet that spoke, thus says the Lord, and would catch the attention of God's people. It was silence. Instead, Herod was ruling. They had revolts. They had, they had people who were zealots who tried to overthrow the Roman government, and the Roman government only put their thumb on top of them more and more and more. There was no word. There was no joy to speak. There was just silence from heaven. But, but an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly afraid. They were frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Praise his name. This is a world that had been corrupted as our world is by sin and misery and selfishness. There was a certain spirit of the age that was there of domination. Herod was a joy killer. Herod was so bad, it was said of him, of, of Herod, that he was so bad that, that a well-known senator said, they had senate, senators then, I would rather be his dog than be his son. He was ruthless. That's what God's people were, that's what they had to suffer under. And to get along with them, so many of their national leaders, the religious folks, were cutting deals, cutting deals to the point that when Rome built the, the great temple that covered 37 acres, we own 31 acres here, from there down to the restaurant and three or 400 yards back, that's 31 acres. The temple and the ground covered more than that, 20% more property. But they built the temple, Rome did, but it, for them to build the temple, they said, but there's just one thing, and that's at the entrance of the Holy of Holies. We want, we want an eagle to be put there 
just so utter gratitude you recognize. You know, if you've ever been in a church and it said, this pew given on memory of so-and-so, we want that there. But what it was, it was a desecration of the Holy of Holies because the eagle was an unclean bird, not permitted and over the most sacred place. The Romans said, that's where we want the eagle to be, to remind everybody at the most intimate place of meeting God, you come through us first. And so it had been corrupted, but there was good news of a great joy, and that angel stood and announced them, and then there was a heavenly host of angels that sang, glory to God in the highest. And in the book of Luke, angels are very prominent. Women are prominent, and angels are prominent. It meant that God had, when God had something, when he sends an angel, how many know he's got something to say? Yeah. So joy was a major theme of our Savior's birth. God provided through Jesus his gift of great joy, and too often life obscures joy and it is not used. But this gift of joy, friends, is worth finding, worth looking for in every situation. I was talking with our, the staff the other day, and it, it came to me, uh, I realize I'm slower than a lot of you all, but we have four candles. We have, we have hope. Peace, joy, love. Four candles. They're like the legs on this chair. But we need all of them in our life. So this chair right here, how many think that uh, I, no, you could sit on this chair? How, how many think you could sit on this chair? Yeah, sure. Yeah. What, what would you be worried about, though? Yeah, see, I'd try this up, but they already hauled me out of here in an ambulance already once on Christmas morning. That was how many, 13 years ago. Yeah, I busted my leg up. They, the ambulance came and carted me out. The medics did. But the peace that God gives and the joy, the love and the hope, they're all part of God's plan for us. And you can sit in this chair and you can serve the Lord and follow the Lord, but when the joy is missing, you can enjoy all that the Lord has. And instead of this chair becoming a resting place or a place that we pull around the table and we enjoy food and fellowship with friends and family, or this afternoon a lot of you will be in your easy chair with the remote watching the Ravens. How many? Or or the Steelers and the Patriots tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I want to see that one. Um, but you can't rest. Could you imagine sitting on a chair that only had three legs? You're on your tents all the time. But God's intended for us to have his peace, joy, hope, and love, and they're all dependent upon each other. But so often we settle for going through life not with the joy of the Lord that's our strength, but serving him or 
just sort of getting by. Imagine life, how different it would be if it was spirit energized by what Jesus Christ came to earth for. And what's for you and for me? What is for us as the people of God and the kingdom of God? The second thing is the gift of salvation unwraps great joy. Luke 2.11 says this, For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is the Messiah. This is the one that was coming. This is Emmanuel, God with us. Unto you a son is born. The Magi came from the east, and the backstory for this, for this, or part of, that surrounded this was that uh, would be that the Magi would come. They were a priestly caste. They were from the far east, or from the east anyway, and and they were worshipers of God. And there have always been worshipers of God. Uh, that, for instance, we see in the book of Acts, Lydia was a worshiper of God, and, and Paul preached and there, and then she came to faith in Christ. A church was established. Cornelius was a worshiper of God. These people were worshipers of God, and they, were, they would discern the heavens, and they, they heard and saw this star, and they came all the way to Jerusalem, hundreds of miles, and they came to find him, and they fell down and worshiped him. And in fact, the Bible says that when they came there, that they were overwhelmed with joy when they saw the Lord. Some of salvation that we, this gift, we have to unwrap it though. Imagine the Christmas presents if you never unwrapped it. You never unwrapped it. I'm thinking about uh, Christmas uh, with in years by with our kids and now with our grandkids. Someone was, we were talking before church, first service, and they said, now that they don't have, have any, their kids are all adults, Christmas is good, but it's not quite as fun as it used to be. How many, you know what I'm talking about? You know, you know, on Christmas morning, when you get them all there, now for us as grandkids, and we've got another on the way that's going to be born sometime in Mid to late January, that means another trip to Arkansas, you know, all that stuff. So, But when we call their name and the paper just begins to fly, how many know what I'm talking? I mean, it's just flying. It, it's, they unwrap this stuff and they're looking and they've got this pile. Oh, this is what I really wanted. There's great joy that's there, but they have to unwrap the gifts. And it lasts for about five minutes and they start looking at their cousin's pile to see what they got. You know how it is. But when Jesus Christ comes, there's a joy of right relationship with God. Paul said, now therefore we have peace with God. Now that we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God and we, and we stand and we, have, we stand in this grace that comes because of that. Peace with people. Jesus said in John 15, 11, he said, I tell you these things that your joy may be full. God wants my joy and your joy to be full. Not just that I'm saved and I punch my ticket and I'm on the cruise line and eventually it's gonna get to heaven, but I'm saved, he's punched my ticket, I'm going to heaven, but salvation is past. 
It is future, but it's also present. This is good news of a great joy for all people. Jesus said that your joy may be full, overflowing full. Find the joy, the joy in our souls. The prophet said, therefore, with joy, you shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. Joy in our soul. When I was a, a child, we lived in the state of Maine, and, the, and it was in the late 50s, and there were still people who didn't have electricity or all the modern conveniences. We lived on my grandfather's farm for about six months, it was just, what a spectacular time of life. But no central heat, a big wood stove, and then an Ashley wood stove in the parlor. So that, I can still feel, listen, we slept upstairs, vinyl, that old linoleum, and there was no such thing as insulation. And it gets cold in Maine. I'm gonna tell you, it gets really cold. We go to bed and pile the blankets on, but there's a, listen, there's a bone-chilling cold that goosebumps will raise on your legs, and as a kid, you can rub that till it's raw, and the goosebumps just said, I'm not going to bed. They're just, they're huge. I can still remember that. But we had no running water, except we ran for the water. There was a pump in the front yard, in the barnyard. And that was a rather common occurrence. And on that pump, there was a tin cup. How many know what that tin cup was for? Yeah. The tin cup was, they didn't send you out to get water and bring back a tin cup full. They sent you out with two buckets because you learned even as a kid, you carried two buckets because it's easier to carry two than it is one. Balance. Life is like that too. But the tin cup was you're playing baseball or I couldn't say football. I didn't, the only football I ever saw, I never, that for 10 years of my life in Maine was a deflated football and I didn't know what it was. It was in the barn because we played basketball in the barn during the, the wintertime. I didn't even know what a football was until we moved to Pennsylvania. But we'd get playing and we'd be out in the haymow in the summertime when we got thirsty, we weren't looking for a $1.95 bottle of water. We'd go to the pump in the front yard, and you'd start going. There's a long-handled pump, and it's making, and all of a sudden, whoosh, 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 up would come, and the harder you pump, would out come this big stream of crystal pure spring water and you'd stick that cup underneath there and you'd just drink as much as you could and it would totally satisfy you. And the prophet said, that he said, with joy you will draw water from the wells of your salvation. Can someone say, thank you, Lord? That's what you and I have. It satisfies our soul. There's joy in heaven when one sinner comes to the Lord when one comes home like the prodigal son. Don't be offended at the word sinner. Sinner is sinner is sinner. Like saint is saint is saint and saints aren't perfect and sinners aren't either. 
It's just a designation, but it means that one has placed their trust in Jesus Christ like the prodigal son, they've come to the, we've come to the realization that the way we're living is out of sorts with God. We've missed it. There's something far better that God has for us, and the way that we're living is the wrong way, and there's no future in it, and we come home, and the Bible says that when one comes home, all heaven, all the angels rejoice with great joy. Not just a heavenly host or one announcing or a heavenly host, but all the angels in heaven rejoice when one comes home. Can someone say praise God? With joy. Joy-filled living. Joy-filled living doesn't mean that there's no stress in our life. It doesn't mean that there's no brush fires. It doesn't mean that there's not tragedy. It doesn't mean that there's not sickness and misery, that there's not disappointment, that there's death of loved ones, that there's accidents, that there's we financial reversals or we've lost our job. It doesn't mean that. But Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, he said this, he said, I am sorrowful. I'm in a state of sorrow, yet always rejoicing. Not, I'm sorrowing, and it's got the best of me. Or there's no hope. No. There's a duality that comes, a capacity that comes with the joy of salvation when the gift is unwrapped, where we can be sorrowful over death and tragedy and yet always rejoicing at the same time, where sorrow is not greater than our joy, but we're holding one in one hand and one in the other. Life has dealt us some sorrow, but God has given us the gift of joy. Joy-filled living, praise God. Find the joy. The enemy would say to you and to me that when tragedy comes, when there are major disappointments, that we must sorrow, and that has to be the focus of our life, but he is the one, remember, who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly, and I say these things to you. And the context of that is John 15 when he's talked about being pruned. And how many know that pruning is painful? And pruning means loss, and pruning means it's turning out different than what we thought. And pruning means that we're disrupted. But I'm saying to you, he said, that God is orchestrating things so that you can be more fruitful and that your joy may be full. Praise God. The third thing I want to share this morning is seek, find, worship, and rejoice. Matthew 2, 10 through 12. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, 
they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. One version says they are overwhelmed with joy. Salvation is the gift, but joy is the utilization of the gift. I want to encourage us today to count our blessings. Amen. If you are living life, when you get to the end of this life, I saw a video yesterday. I thought it was hilarious. It was sort of a redneck video, and someone tried to steal something. It was just hilarious, but he used... He used this terminology. <laughs> he said, they're in a pickup that was so old and beat up, it was like my grandmother's feet, all beat up. Maybe your grandmother's feet aren't like that. I don't know. I do remember back in the day up in Maine when they soaked their feet in Epsom salts. Some of you remember that. If we live life, by the time we get... <laughs> At the end, we're going to be nicked up. How many know, if you play this game, you're going to be nicked up. But salvation is the gift, but joy is the utilization. So, uh, <clears throat> count our blessing. It's a two-way street. They offered their best. But the writer said at 1 Chronicles 16, 27, that strength is in this place. In his place, he's talking about God in the presence of the Lord. Strength is in that place. It's a two-way street. So it's not just salvation, but we've got to unwrap the gift. That's what I'm getting at. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to tell a story on my wife this morning, but I'm going to tell one on myself too, and she'll she'll she won't look bad. So anyway, <laughs> better not look bad. So. <clears throat> My wife said she wants something for Christmas. And uh, so, okay, because I already have something else I want to get her, buy for her, and okay, you know. And uh, I'll, I'll get you what you really want instead of what I wanted to buy for you, you know, that type of deal. So I... Uh, I said to her, and what she wants, I'll tell you in just a second what it is, but I said, babe, I got looking around, and on our dresser, I've got one of these cups. You know, it's like from Williamsburg or the Outer Banks. You know, one like, like hand-thrown pottery. You know what I'm talking Like it's got Outer Banks or got your D on it for your name. And I started, I looked in that thing, and there's all these gift cards. One of them is to the place where she could buy this thing. And it's made out to her. So, you know. But I started also looking in there. There's other gift cards made out to me. How many know you have to utilize the gift cards? So I started looking. Bonefish. I don't know when I got that. I like bonefish. We've been there, and I haven't used it. Tar and I, listen, I've carried these for a year. Target. I just was in Target a month ago. I could have used my gift card. What else is in here? 
And I honest, I didn't put these in this morning. What else is in there? Walmart. How many have been to Walmart lately? Oh, good grief. The Auto Spa Express. Now, I use that all the time. That's down the road. I really like that. But I also got looking around yesterday. I have Cabela's. I have Bass Pro. I have Amazon gift cards. And they've sat there for a year. How many know you've got to use the gift? You've got to use the car. Salvation's like that. So how many are interested in what my wife really wants for Christmas? Anyway, okay, I'll tell you. So I'll tell you whether you want to know or not. <laughs> so she loves to feed the birds. So we buy bird seed like 50 pounds at a time. Black oilers, and then we get thistle and stuff like that. I've set them up real close to our front uh, window. It's like a bay window, real close, like two feet away. I think the sun comes in, and you know the snow is there, and and she, oh look at look at that look at how pretty that cardinal looks, you know. And sometimes get your bird book out. You've done that. It's like oh what is that one, you know? And look, just loves them. But the squirrels have found this thing, big fat, huh? Big, fat, chubby, piggy, dominating, suburban squirrels. And they jump up there and all the birds fly away. So what she wants is called a Yankee flinger. Flipper. And what it is, when the squirrel hops up there, zoom, it sends him into outer space. <laughs> she said, only thing, she said, mount it far enough out in the yard so when it flings him towards the house, it won't break our window. <laughs> That's what she wants for Christmas. So I'm not telling you what I'm going to get you, but. They land on their feet. They fall out of trees. All They jump. Don't worry about squirrels. They can handle it. Yeah. All right. But seek, find, and worship. Utilize it. Jesus is the center of our joy. Worship him. The psalmist said, all, all, my springs of joy are in you. Psalm 87, 7. All my springs of joy are in you. In 71, 23, he said, My lips shall sing for joy when I sing your praises. He's the center of our joy. Worship him. Worship him. Sing a song to the Lord. From down deep, I, I love our worship. But I think Daniel would concur with this. What my desire is for my life, and I, I think Daniel would say the same, that when, when they prepare and they sing and they want the congregation to sing and worship, but really we want this thing to get down deep 
Not only, oh man, that's I oh man, I really like that song. And there's some I really like. I mean, I can just fly. I'm just, you know. But when we sing a song, when we sing a song to the Lord through that worship that comes down deep in here, we're singing directly to the Lord. How many want to know what I'm talking about? The Bible says, sing a song to the Lord. A song of hope and joy or love and expectation to the Lord. His word, seek, find. In his word, his promises, his assurance. His word is a light and it's also a mirror. The psalmist said in 119.11, I have inherited your word with joy. The word of God, friends, is only the inheritance of the people of God. No one else out there. We're the only ones that are written in the will. His word is for us. Prayer and intercession, joy and faith result. There's been some stresses of this Gen Now building process. I didn't think there was going to be. I, I guess I'm crazed. That's all I know. I thought every time we've built, it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Just some things that have turned out differently than what we thought. And what I find myself is coming into the church. And sometimes I get so worked up, I can't even kneel and pray. I have to walk and pray. How many know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's called kinesthetic praying. It's like walking it off and saying, Lord, we need your help. I need your help. Lord, I need this. I need you to, oh God. The psalmist said, the altar of God has become my exceeding joy. Can someone say praise God? His altar is my exceeding joy. I don't find it in, when I talk with the builder and we get along fine and we can shake hands on things and I talk with the excavators and I enjoy being all those. We come to an understanding of what needs to be done. I talk with the architect, and we've got the buildings and the engineer. I've got the plans and the engineers certifying things. It's all very satisfying, but when there's trouble, even when there's an understanding, the altar is my exceeding joy. It goes beyond the human capacity. In the house of God, seek it, find it. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of God. Psalm 84, 2 says, my heart and my flesh sing for joy. Can you imagine your heart and your flesh singing for joy in the house of God? Joy in the wilderness. We can find it. Psalm 105, 43, and he brought forth his people with joy and with a joyful shout. Even in the wilderness, there's joy to be found. I want to encourage you to find joy in the everyday, in the everyday things, the sources of joy, the world, the world that God has created is created for God's people. I don't know. We need to remind ourselves of that. The world that God created was created for Adam and Eve, for Adam and Eve as the people of God, made in the image of God to multiply and fill the earth. And when he was finished on the sixth day, 
God looked at creation and said, it was good. It's good. So enjoy it. Enjoy it. You're fishing and crabbing and hiking. Enjoy it. Find joy in good things, your children, the wedding, the joy of friends, the joy in the promises of God. Joy does come in the morning. Sometimes there is stress before joy. That's just the way it is. Jesus said, he said to the servants, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in the joy of the master. That was after they had worked. But there is sometimes the stress of Christmas is alleviated when we think of why we're doing this. Yesterday, yesterday morning, uh, we got up and just had our Saturday in front of us and and Chris said to me, what, what's your Saturday look like? And I said, what's yours look like? And she said, I think we need to make a list of what needs to be done between now and Christmas. Now that can be discouraging. And we made this list, and she said, she said, she said, I am so overwhelmed right now, or this is what my brain feels like, and you picked up this multicolored plastic stuff that looked like a gob of spaghetti. Pink, white, red, yellow, blue. She says, this is what my brain feels like. It's just all scrambled up right now. And I'm going, to the rescue. I said, we can divide and conquer. This is what, and she said, I don't, <laughs> she said, I hate when you say that. I'm ready to fix things. It's done. You go there. I'll go there. And oh, by the way, would you make raspberry jam yesterday on top of everything? And so, so instead of that, instead of that, we just started processing and, and we worked out a plan. And so I said, what? I said, where's the joy in all this? And Chris said, well, it's, it's, it's in the giving. It's in the giving. There's joy. That's why we're doing this. And when people receive that, when our kids receive it, and our grandkids, they open those presents, there's joy. We're celebrating Jesus, the gift. That's the joy. Sometimes you have to really look for the joy. It helps alleviate the stress and what's, what's going on. And there's future joy. There's a future joy, friend, for those that are in Christ Jesus. One day, to be presented, to be presented, blameless with great joy before God our Father. Jude 24, 25 said this, Now to him... I'm going to have the band come, who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord.